Ahoy hoy, everybody, and welcome to episode 157 of the Untitled Gaming Podcast. My name is Pat, I am your host, and today we're joined by Zach. Hello. And Rick. Rick. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We are a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. So sit back, relax, and get ready to level up your gaming knowledge as we discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews, impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows. Since spooky season is officially here with October, let's talk about our favorite Halloween costumes. That we've like ever seen. Or you've ever been in. There's so many you can pick. Do we do we like any combo ones where like there's like a duo who like pair up or like a couples one? Like because I've seen people go as like I mean the best ones are puns, I think. I've actually won a costume contest. Because oh, yeah. uh growing up um, a lot of people said that it looked like Ralphie from A Christmas Story. So one year I just owned it and I got the pink bunny outfit. Oh, wait, no, Ralph. Who, what's his brother's name? Randy. Randy. He's the one who's got the, the arms that won't go down in the jacket. Uh, so, yeah, I just I just owned it and I won a costume contest. And then some uh, guy on the street just yelled, hey, Energizer Bunny. And I was like, oh, yeah, not it, but still, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so. That would be mine. Didn't we do a Star Wars one a few years yeah. back? Yeah. For the premiere of Force Awakens, we went all out. I was Kylo Ren. You were a Stormtrooper. Yeah. Matt was Yoda. Chance okay. was... Okay, you and I went... You you and I went all out. Yeah. Matt just had a hoodie that, when you put the hood up, it just looked like Yoda's ears. And then and Chance, Chance just made had a like bandolier a on a duct. Yeah. He's like, I got a brown hoodie. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. You and I actually went like like we went so all out, they wouldn't let me bring my phaser gun into the the I tried to Jedi mind trick them too. But yeah, you stood there and you were like and I'm like, put your fucking hand down. Remember (laughs) the guy dressed as Obi-Wan and I'm like, I brought out my lightsaber and we like battled a little bit. Um and then Qui-Gon showed up and he was like, the fuck out of here. So, Twitch, I'm going to make you a million dollars in marketing. Uh, For the month of October, just block out the T, and now you're a witch. That's smart. You owe me a million dollars now, Amazon. Amazon or Twitch? Make up your mind. (laughs) Amazon owns Twitch. All right, well, Amazon doesn't need to give you shit. (laughs) A million dollars. The ball's in your court. Yeah, we ain't getting the ball back. (laughs) (laughs) anyway this week we'll be talking about some playstation news but first what have you been playing zach i have basically been playing only ac mirage since it came out which i know we'll talk about so i won't go too deep into it but also played some starfield and ea 24 fc fifa i'm I'm gonna keep calling it fifa even though it's not um but most of what i've been playing the last like few days has been uh ac mirage so we'll we'll dive deeper into that um, oh, I, and I guess I have played some party animals and some Among Us as well. So I streamed Among Us with the group, um, with a group of like ten of us on Tuesday. And now that we need group to play more party animals because that's so we fun. need to play more Among Us. Like, I wish, I wish everybody would just give Among Us more of a chance. Like, <laughs> it, it had um, its chance in 2020. We've moved on. You should too. But yeah, that's all I've been playing. Rick, how about you? Oh well, thank you for asking. 
I downloaded Final Fantasy Ever Crisis, Final Fantasy VII. Only played a little bit of it. It kind of has a long demo, which is seems to be like the first like 10 minutes of the PlayStation 1 Final Fantasy VII, just with kind of better graphics. That's as far as I got into that. Since I got a new phone, I've been dabbling more into mobile games, so definitely been playing a lot more Snap, uh, Marvel Snap. They got a new season, which is uh, revolves around what Elsa Bloodstone. Yeah, it's like their Halloween themed one. I am really excited for Werewolf by Night, who is going to be in the caches in I think two weeks. Uh, he seems like the most interesting uh, ability out of all of them. Although Elsa Bloodstone seems pretty popular as well. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. Um, they also changed like the release times or something like that for like daily missions. Yeah, instead of at night, now it's in the morning. And it's like 3 p.m. for us. Oh, but, is it? Yep. But yeah, that's Marvel Snap. We've been talking about it forever. Played some party animals with Pat and Zach, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we were playing the three of us in a party. So sometimes it would put us in 4v4 games. And sometimes they would do 2v2v2v2. Two v two v two v two. So for some reason, it always put me and uh, Rick together. And Zach was always on a random team. So we were trying to team up on him. But he, he somehow got like really good people a couple of times. Well, we, we chose to team up on him mainly because whenever we were on the same team, he would always just like hinder us as a team. He would dropkick us, like harm us. Really? Yeah, no, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely not. Rick, you shouldn't even be b- saying this sort of blasphemy. You and I, there were multiple games where you and I were the only people on the entire team even doing anything. I am single-handedly only- blocking two people out of the four people on the other side, guys. No, it is on the stream. Go back and look at yeah, it is on the stream. You can go back and watch it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm handling I'm two people, and, and they're like, Pat, where are you? There's two people against the three of us. Why aren't I you here to help us? You. I asked why aren't you here to help us, because you weren't helping us. You were I doing other shit. I, I watched helping. you on several occasions come up and knock out Rick, and that was completely uncalled for. There was a bunny, or there was a, what were you, a goose? A bunny? What were you? I was a bunny. A dog? Yeah. What, there was the same version of you on the other team that game. So, yeah, I'm trying to knock out the bunny. I don't know who it is. Honestly, it was a fun stream. If you Can, can they go back and watch it? Uh... Those, I think, after two yeah, weeks, it, they come out. It after, like, two weeks, yeah, or a week or something. So, right, maybe well, not. tonight. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also been playing some uh, Starfield, getting pretty close to the end of the story, like the main mission, and then free to do whatever, so I'm excited about that. But, yeah, probably put another, like, four hours into it the past two weeks. I've been pretty busy on Mobile Game Pass. I have been playing some Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. I think they released like a triple pack Election. of those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On uh game pass. I've been playing the first one, but it is, I played it on uh game boy advance and that was so much fun. Yeah. I'm just having a blast playing it on uh, my phone via game pass. Uh, luckily, since it's a dialogue heavy game and like a finding clues kind of thing, it's works really well on mobile, like with the mobile touch controller, which not a lot of games can really boast. Um, but so far, so good. It's a blast, but it does get kind of hard. <laughs> but yeah, a lawyer game. 
Um, no, never mind. It was on the DS. I believe it re- was originally released on the DS. Pat, what have you been playing? Yeah, so uh, I obviously beat Starfield last podcast, so I talked about it then. I have not actually gone back to Starfield, although I would like to d- devote more time to it. There is just too much out at the moment for me to kind of put more time in it than I have. So I went back to Boulder's Gate. I am on Act 3. I was under the impression Act 3 is the same length as the other acts, but apparently it's somebody online had told me it is Act 1 plus Act 2 equals Act 3. So I may be like 25% into Act 3 at this point, for all I know. Um, But I'm enjoying Boulder's Gate 3. Honestly, it is such such a good RPG and I'm really liking it and I want to finish it before kind of this huge stream of stuff starts popping in October. So I'm running close to like the, the time for that. So hoping to devote more time into it and kind of beat it and give you my overall impressions on it on the podcast, hopefully next podcast, but we'll kind of see besides that Rick mentioned new season of Marvel snap. So occasionally coming into that, We'll talk about Mirage here in a second, but I've also been putting some time into Lies of P. That is still, it's still pretty fun. It is like the souls like so I really have to be in the mood to play it, but I do want to play more of it. I just, again, there's too much out. There's, it's almost to the point of like indecision where I'm like, I have a couple of hours to play. How can I use this time most effectively? Can I just play Baldur's Gate or should I play 20 minutes of Baldur's Gate, try and play some uh, Liza P, try and, you know, I want to play Sea of Stars. Uh, I still have Octopath 2 to finish. There's so much. And I think honestly, at this point, it's like easier for games like Starfield, just kind of put it on the back burner or whatever. Like if you haven't, like, like for me, like I haven't beaten Starfield yet, but it's just always going to be there. And I think I've played it. I played enough of it to, I think, like discern an opinion, but maybe not like, like obviously the story I want to complete to give like a full opinion, but like uh, gameplay yeah. wise, I understand it enough. Whereas like Mirage is smaller. So you could like play Mirage, beat that, move on to Lies of P, play that, and then come back to Starfield or something. Yeah. And normally I am the type of person who will focus on one game where I'll have like the multiplayer games like Halo or Marvel Snap or Party Animals or something that we can go back to occasionally but i will only focus on a single player game at a time and just the cadence of releases this year it's just been back to back so it's like at some point a lot of games came out and i try to focus on all of them and i just got behind and now it's like every time i'm trying to catch up another game comes out that is demanding my attention and then now you have all of these control schemes in your head and i'm going back to Baldur's gate i'm like wait how do i switch members to do oh fuck and then i go to mirage and i'm like why am i not heavy attacking oh shit no that's liza p structure so Mm. it's just too many control schemes jumbled up so i think i just have to sit down and focus on one at a time so i think i'm gonna start with Baldur's gate and then we'll talk about Mirage, but I, I might focus on Liza P before Mirage for a reason. But yeah, just too much has already come out. Too much is currently out. And then there's even more coming on the horizon, which is, it's just a crazy fucking year for games. <laughs> so, but we will keep pushing through it <laughs> and talk about the games that we do like for mm-hmm. all of you. So move it on to housekeeping. Uh, not too much here. Obviously, we're streaming on Twitch, so if you are an audio listener, we just ask that you go log in, 
give us the follow. You never have to watch us live. It's perfectly fine. We just want the follow. And then you can keep listening to it on the audio. And if you are a Twitch only person, go listen to the audio version as well. So do a little swap and see how life is like on the other side. <laughs> so now let's move on to not slow news. What's the news? What's the news? Not slow news. So not slow news is where we discussed the last few weeks of gaming news. It's not super fast, but it's not slow either. So let's start with Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, me and Zach have been playing it. Uh, I think you're, you have not tried it at all, Rick, right? No. Okay. So we'll just kind of give our impressions on it. I know Zach, you've put way more time in it than I have. So what, how far are you? Obviously no story spoilers, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I'm turning on the Xbox right now just to double check the hours. Um, so if you don't <laughs> mind giving me a second. Yeah. And this, in the section where you go to achievements, I believe there's a section that yeah. shows you time played, uh, on PC, at least when you save a game, it also shows you your time played. That's oh, okay. Yeah. So I played 14 hours. All right. Okay. Holy shit. Yeah. Which that is right around the how long to beat <laughs> for how long it takes to beat the game. So yeah, I don't think I'm close. <laughs> <Or I'm... laughs> uh so it's 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 interesting, right? So okay, maybe not that I'm close. I've so structurally as far as the um the assassin story goes, like there's like a return of like there's an order, there's like an ancient order. And kind of like you have like like how it was with Odyssey and with Origins and Valhalla, there's like this like tree of people you can go kill, essentially, yeah. um, that are like members of the order that you're going to kill. I think I've killed like three of them already. There's five. You killed three. Okay, so there's five. Okay, I've killed three of them. Like... So well, I assume there's five. You've played the game longer than me. You I should think, know. Well, no, because like you like unlock more and you're like discovering more. So I don't remember if they said exactly how many there are to kill. Okay, well. Um on how long to beat here, it says main story 12 hours, main story plus side quests 16 and a half, completionist 23 hours. So I'm not quite doing completionist, but I am running around and doing like just a bunch of stuff. But there's not there's no side missions. There's not side missions. You can do like you can do contracts, which are, I guess, like the extent of your side missions. Like how similarly in like Assassin's Creed 2, there was like that pigeon coop. You can go and just accept contracts. It's the same thing. Yeah. You just go into your bureau, accept contracts, and you can go do them if you want to for like materialistic rewards, like materials or things to upgrade, stuff like that. Um, so I've been doing that. I've been playing that. Um, again, 14 hours in. Uh, as far as kind of like what the game feels like pacing wise it feels like it feels all right i feel like if there's it if there's only five order members i feel like it's going pretty quickly pace wise like towards the end um but that's like it, it's like almost weird because like the last three assassin's creed games have been like you could put hundreds of hours into them so it's just like it just feels like a drastic return back to yeah. the old AC, which I like it. I do like it. Um, but it doesn't I I'll be able to determine more if the pacing was accurate based on when I finish the game. Um, like once I kill the final order member. But from what I've seen, like there's like investigations is what they're called to go through the order members. And the main head of the order, I've unlocked like three clues 
from the three people that I've killed to like get closer. And I think there's like six or seven bullet points. So I might need to kill four more order members to get to him. So I think the pacing of the game is going to be good. For me, it it is like the closest comparison to other AC games is AC 1 and 2 is how I feel about it. It's like the closest comparison I can give from like structure of the game, not necessarily gameplay. So I don't know how, Pat, you feel about it. It feels a little bit more Unity-like to me in terms of the parkour is very like one button, you know, go up, one button, go down. Uh, You do get a sword and then you have a dagger and then you can dodge. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of bridging. It's not fully old school. It's not fully new school of like Mm -hmm. RPG open world. It is more focused on the stealth. It is more... If there's a lot of people, you're going to die. And that's how I remember Unity. So right. to me, it, it feels like Unity is the closest comparison. But yeah, if you focus on just a couple of like the stealth of it feels very much more like the old school. And like, I don't know, you've done more of the mission. So maybe the mission structure feels a lot more like one and two. But then the uh, the density of the city and the amount of people and like all of that yeah. feels more like Unity to me. Mirage feels like even denser. I felt like with Unity, you were in like Paris and stuff. So you did have like more open area, right? It's in Paris. Yeah. Unity, yeah. French Revolution, Paris. Yeah. So it's just like, but like in Paris, like you kind of had like more open alleyways and stuff like that. Where like in Mirage, it feels more like the density of some of the places you went to in ac1 yeah there's just not a lot of open space to go through you have like one main like road in like each area unity had a lot of verticality in terms of like the cathedral and all the stuff you're like climbing you don't Um, get the kind of height there's like verticality and like there's like smaller homes and residential stuff and more like alleyways and ground yeah yeah there So. so far there has not been any sort of mounts for that i've played i have you is there you get a camel Okay. Camel. Yeah. And, and you, there, there are horses around, but not nearly as many. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I've played like an hour and a half of it. I'm not super far into it. Uh, I've just gotten a little bit past like the big title screen and like reveal and just getting into it. Uh, I'm playing on my new, by the way, I got a new super wide, uh, super ultra wide monitor. Uh, which is 32 by nine. So I'm playing Unity on, or I'm playing Mirage on here, and it is supported for all, a super ultra wide screen. But the the cutscenes would go to uh, 16 by nine, which was very annoying. So I had to go in, I had to go in the hex editor, and I had to change some settings to make it the full resolution and cutscenes. But right. the funny thing about that is they clearly the cutscenes are not meant for that because there are certain cutscenes where uh, an NPC will come on screen at a certain point. So if you have the full 32 by nine on the cutscenes, you can see the the person spawn in like T pose and then they start walking in and stuff. So there's a little bit of glitches and like kind of peeking behind the curtain going on if you play in that uh, widescreen, but uh, it looks good for uh, a modern AC game. They've just made this, terrible decision to like turn the chromatic aberration like full 
hundred percent, like to the point where it's super annoying. And if you don't know what chromatic aberration is, it's like the effect that kind of makes it look like it's being filmed through a lens. So like it distorts like the edges, especially if you're playing on an ultra widescreen monitor and you're playing from like a distance away from a monitor that drives you crazy. Cause it's not like you're watching a video and stuff. You're, you're, playing a game in a much more fluid aspect of it so when stuff is constantly moving from the outer edges to the middle or vice versa and it's very distorted on the edges and you get this like almost like a line effect where it shouldn't be it makes you like i got a headache after like 45 minutes uh of playing today so and i i went online i'm like is this something people are having problems with and yes the mirage subreddit everybody is complaining at least the people who are playing on pc i'm not sure if this is an issue on console or not but everybody's like what the fuck did they do to this game and there's no setting to turn off chromatic aberration which i'm like did they not play test this game on pc like what the fuck so i'm assuming at some point like very soon they're going to release a patch to update that. And that's one probably I'll go back and put some more time into. But until then, I'm like, I can't play this game for extended sessions because it's literally giving me a headache. So um, I want to play more of it. It's just physically it's hindering me. So um, I'm probably going to focus on other things. But I do so far like the combat. I do like that you are more focused on stealth. I do like that when you are in... uh a fight with multiple people, it's not like you're going to kill everybody very easily. You have to be smart. You have to play, you have to dodge, you have to kind of predict their moves. And then you have to like, you know, find your moment to attack. And if there's more than like three people, you are not going to win that fight. So it's best to run in that, in that situation. Uh, I have not played too much around with the skill tree. How how does that work? Is it very much like, odyssey or valhalla uh there's way less there's so much less in the skill tree um that you can get as uh, back to the chromatic aberration really quick i haven't experienced it on console but i mean Um, you were also the type of person that like i can't tell the difference between 30 and 60 fps yeah i I couldn't tell you honestly maybe you just need glasses and that's the no i wear my contacts and it's like i don't i didn't feel ill it didn't like if if there is something going on it wasn't enough to bother me next time Um, you play look at the edges of the screen like instead of focusing on the center just look to the edge looking at the edge of the screen because you have to do that in a game where you are in third person it's not a first person game yeah but i'm not doing it so frequently that like well, maybe you it's know, just because like, I'm sitting this close away, but like, yeah, I mean, I'm like here, but but I'll, I'll I'll take a look at it. I'll I'll take a look at it. Um, back to the skill tree. There's much less you like within the skill tree. You still have like your your predator, your phantom, and then I think it was it maybe I can't remember what the third um section is called. Uh, but there's there's just less to the skill tree. It's pretty minimalistic. Um. There's nothing as far as like making uh Basim better in combat, um, like being like suddenly better where you can take on like three people. There's like certain boosts you can get from like your outfits and stuff like that, like the pre-order outfit that I have, like if you parry perfect or whatever, you slow down time for three seconds. Or if, when the once you upgrade it becomes like five seconds or something. Um but like the upgrades are like you can add like more 
boost for the assassin focus. You can carry more elixir. You can carry more throwing knives. Um, you can do stuff like that. So the skill tree isn't nearly as like you're not buffing up your character as much as you would in like Odyssey, where like you're like really doing things. You're becoming like so much more powerful. It's not the same. Are you able to specialize in a certain way? Because yeah. maybe not yeah. so much with Odyssey, but I remember, or not maybe so much with Valhalla, but I remember Odyssey. It's like if yeah, you, you wanted become to the, become an assassin yeah. and like one hit people, yeah, you could go. You had that. that option. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not as like impactful on like Basim's like actual ability where it's like you're going to specialize heavily. I think like the most I think I think some of the best ones are um uh like for the assassin skill tree you can like add the boost to the assassin focus. So where you can like go into like adrenaline mode and you like target you can target people and for each bar you have that's a, a kill. So right now I have four bars on my assassin focus so you can like target four people. And you can kill all four of them and he'll just go and do it really quickly. Um, that's probably like the most impactful thing that I've seen so far in the skill tree. Uh, other ones like that I've used is like uh, in Kidu, your eagle, like you can boost his ability to like perceive. So like when you're in eagle mode, he just tags people way quicker. Um, you see more things on the map, stuff like that. Um, so there's not really like so much of an emphasis where like this, the actual like boost of like power or damage is done so much like it was in like odyssey where like like your assassinations become one hit like right now all your assassinations are one hit unless you're going up against like a bounty hunter is what i've seen like mm -hmm. every assassination i've gone for is just an insta kill um unless you're going unless your notoriety is so high um that you go up against a bounty hunter you can't assassinate them they just don't let you um so yeah it seems like the game very much or the developers very much want you to play stealthy yeah, absolutely it's gonna I be agree. much harder if you don't so. yeah i agree and, and which is such like a departure from what the game has like become um previously when you look yeah. at odyssey and valhalla especially where you could go be like a berserker or like valhalla you're a viking you're not meant to be stealthy we literally do raids like where you're not stealthy at all you're literally charging like the the battlements the campments and stuff like that so it's definitely much like a I, I would say the best way to describe it is like a return to roots of like how you're going about being an assassin and, and there are even like tips in the game like in the loading screen where it says like Bossom is not a seasoned fighter. He will not win in sword combat if there's multiple enemies. So, like, they're even going about it like your character is not seasoned enough as an assassin to be going into hand-to-hand -hand combat with, like, multiple enemies. And they make it difficult as well. Like, he's weak. If you get hit, and I'm playing on, like, the hard the hard mode, like, but it was, like, easy, medium, hard, right? So I'm just playing on hard. And, like, you get hit by a heavy attack by, like, an armored enemy, and, like, 75% of your health is gone. So, yeah. like, you're not meant to be in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Rick, how does that make you less likely or more likely to play Mirage? I honestly think I'm, I'm on the fence. Mainly because there's still a lot of those older Assassin's Creed game, Assassin's Creed games that I I still need to beat. I beat most of them, as we talked about on the podcast. I think that was 2021, maybe. Um, but I still have yet to uh, beat Rogue, Unity, or Syndicate. 
but I do like the return to form. I do agree with that a lot. I I I, I appreciate it. I remember there's like one time in Odyssey where I was uh, assassinating a uh, cultist, and I went up behind him and I stabbed him right in the neck. I'm like, oh, boom, dead. But no, I just took their health bar down a little bit. Yeah. Like, God damn it! I remember the old days where I could just like mm-hmm. boom. As long as you got a good like vantage point and you're just boom assassinate yeah. and then they do a little like i'm gonna lay down and talk to you okay um yeah and then boom run away right um, <laughs> and, yeah. and that's like what it does here even when you're killing like normal soldiers or even heavy soldiers the only time it ever has it and i was like surprised was when i was trying to kill a bounty hunter and like when you do enough crimes or whatever your notoriety in your no your notoriety can like skyrocket like really fast there's just like three levels it's like civilians will see you and they'll like be like, oh, you're the guy on the poster. And then the second level is like, we're going to like actively call guards on you. And then the third level is like you're on site and there's a bounty hunter after you. Um, so like when I hit the third level, I was like, oh, I have to get out of here. And I like stealthed around and found the bounty hunter and I went to kill him and like it popped up like RB and it didn't say assassinate, it said stealth attack, but I'd already pressed it. So I just jump and hit the guy and did like no damage, like probably like maybe 10% of his health bar. And I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. Run um, away. So yeah, there's there's just heavy emphasis on being stealthier, which is like for me, it was fine because even in like Odyssey, I went down a stealth route because I'm like, I'm an assassin. I'm going to do assassin stuff. Um, so for me, it wasn't like, su- like it was like refreshing to have the game be like, you're an assassin, go do assassin things. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm kind of like, depending on my mood, I'm fine with either. I, I don't think Assassin's Creed, the franchise needs to stick with one route and like, oh, in the future, all games should be stealth based or in the future all games should be the open world rpgs with like massive content i think you can have these two parallel lines of assassin's creed games especially when they're having what are they calling the the service for assassin's creed coming out soon like the platform mm-hmm. um i forget but project something and it's like every assassin's creed game is basically going to be like dlc for this one platform or what have you but uh if you have that, there's no reason you can't do, okay, 2025, here's another RPG Assassin's Creed game where you have this open world and you have 150 hours of content. Hopefully not all 150 hours that is is main story like they did with Valhalla, but uh, you can have that game and then like a year or two later, here's another smaller story in that same universe or maybe with that same character or whatever that is more stealth focused so like if you're a fan of the stealthy you can play the stealthy if you're a fan of the rpg you can play the rpg if you're a fan of both you can play both i I think that's the the perfect course to go like have like call of duty has their modern warfare and black ops and all that route like you can do that same with assassin's creed it doesn't have to be this one finite genre that every single game in the series has to follow so yeah i'm i'm fine with that i would i think right now yeah mirage is probably gonna hit for me but next year the year after you know whatever assassin's creed red is i would want to be that the that's the japan one i want that to be you know full-scale rpg where i can pick how i'm gonna build my character and do i want to be a stealthy like samurai or do you want i want to be like an all-out 
you know, beast of a Ronin or whatever. So that's that's how I feel. I, I felt like they just slippery slope themselves with the open world RPG. Like Origin was like the start of it. I still loved Odyssey. I thought Odyssey was great, but it was like Odyssey the first is my time. favorite of the three. Of, of like the three, like the new age Assassin's Creeds. Um, yeah, I would say Odyssey is also my favorite. I dumped the most hours into it, but it was like the first time I played Assassin's Creed where it was like, okay, this is starting to get a little daunting, the playtime and like the grind to get through it. Whereas I always preferred the more linear storyline of Assassin's Creed because I played Assassin's Creed like for the story. It wasn't necessarily about like the RPG mechanics. It was like you're telling a story and I'm like reliving it. Um, and then Valhalla was just like too much. It got repetitive. It was it got boring. so much bloat. Yeah. Yeah. And so like this is why like this for me is like gonna hit more for like for me compared to others because Assassin's Creed is also like my favorite franchise. And it's been like desperation of like, I want you to go back to like what the creed is about. And this is still like pre like Altair. So it's like not even called the assassins. It's still like the, 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 the hidden ones. order, the hidden ones and the order of the ancient. So you don't even have like assassins and Templars. So you're still like getting to like the growth of the creed in itself. But this was at least like, even from like a story perspective and what the characters are saying is a much more return to the creed is actually something of value to the game and that's like what i was missing um so it'd be nice if they almost did this as like a cultural reset and then they kind of regrow from here um because there's like very there's like light rpg very light like there's like a couple like missions you can do that don't necessarily impact the overall story where like you're given like a, a choice like a dialogue choice where like the outcome is different but like the reward of, for completing the mission is the same and it doesn't impact the overall story so for me, I feel better about it just because it's a style of Assassin's Creed that I've always enjoyed more, which is why I'm going to feel better about it. But I can understand why for other people it would be like, I liked the bigger, larger scale. It is a smaller scale. It's just like deliberately smaller. Um, What are the bets? What's the over under on what the next Assassin's Creed is going to be? Do you think it'll be the same structure? Or do you think it'll be back to like Odyssey and Valhalla? I hope it's in between. I don't think it needs to be as large as Odyssey, but it doesn't need to be as small as Mirage. I think it'll be more Odyssey Valhalla because that game's already in development. We know that, so I don't think they're gonna. But, but you know what I mean, like, like because like even like AC two, AC two is bigger than Mirage. Assassin's Creed yeah. two, you went to like all these different regions, there's a bunch of other stuff, and and that was not overwhelming. And like I think that's a good size generally. Assassin's Creed two, if I remember, was probably like twenty-five, maybe thirty hours for everything. Yeah, there was like what Venice, Tuscany, and Florence. Yeah, Yeah. Venice, Tuscany, and Florence. And like there's the DLC that added like a new area, I think. But yeah, and I think Brotherhood was just Rome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Brotherhood was just Rome, and then Revelations was Constantinople. Constantinople. Yeah. And I think I think those are reasonable sizes for the games. I I even though I loved Odyssey and I really enjoyed it, I even think Odyssey was too big. It was just too much. See, I think Odyssey was good because it kept me entertained throughout the all the hours. But for Valhalla, it's like okay. Odyssey Odyssey was good because you compared the size to Valhalla, but Odyssey was less fluff and more like meaningful side shit you can do. Exactly. The the stories like, I cared more about. If you 
if you give me like 10 different scenarios and be like, okay, eight of these are the ones you played in Valhalla, I could not pick out like maybe two. <laughs> I'm like, right. it could be all of these. It could be none of these. Like I remember maybe one story in like the well, region or whatever. What like, was, was really very... clever. What was really clever about Odyssey was that, or not even necessarily clever, just kind of like happened to be this way, was like you could go do a side mission and doing that side mission would give you information on killing a an order member and killing a cultist. So it was like the side missions bled into the main mission, so it felt meaningful. Whereas like Valhalla was like these are literally everything was random, everything was full, yeah. Like, all it of the like all of the content was actually required to beat that like region story, and all the right. the side stuff was like yeah, it was like the random events that pop up. And you're like, I don't even, these don't even matter. I'm not even doing these. Yeah, I would just bypass them all entirely. Like, they, they, they didn't add enough. Like, if you did a bunch of them, over time, they would stack up. But when you looked at them individually, none of them were ever impactful enough to be worth doing. But still, like, those were, in my in my opinion, those were some of the best parts of Valhalla. Because there were so many fun little Easter eggs of just, like, the culture. Right. Like the one guy that you helped make like Worcestershire sauce. I remember like the Winnie the Pooh one. Like I didn't some of that, never of did either of those. Yeah. yeah I didn't oh. either of those. <laughs> some of that shit was gold. They just had too much in there for any of it to be like like it's a it's it's hard for you to parse out what is worth your time when so much of it is there. It's like I'm just doing what you say is required because I don't have time to do all of it. So Right. Yeah. So I would love for Assassin's Creed Red, whatever they end up naming it, I would love for it to be in between. Give you like a 40-hour 40 40-hour 40 game is fine. 40-hour, 50-hour AC game is fine. I don't Because Odyssey, I dumped 100 hours into just the base game. I don't need to do that again. I played Odyssey for 180 hours with all the DLC. Yeah, like I don't need that. I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. If it's as good as Odyssey, Odyssey, I will do that. Like this game right now, this game right now, I could, I depending on how many people I still have to kill, like let's just say I'm halfway through. So, this game where it's like the typical playthrough is like what 16 to 20 hours or whatever, 14 to 20 hours, I'm gonna break it, I'm gonna go to like 28 hours because I'm just like doing a bunch of other stuff in there. Like, so like if you enjoy the game, you'll put more hours into it. But like, if the base completing of the main storyline takes like 70 hours, it's like okay, that's not that's not all right, <laughs> that's too much. Yeah, I remember Odyssey it was like three and a half hours before you got to the title screen. That's right. when you knew you're in for a I was, like, what? I, I was sitting there, I was like, and I like I think I like texted you when it happened. I was like, do they just not have a title screen? Did I miss the title screen? And he's and like, like, no, no, you're just not playing. at it yet. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm not at it yet? I've done like 400 things already. Like, oh my yeah. god. <laughs> and when I find yeah, you're right. When you finally get to the title screen and then they like are just like oh my god there's gonna be so much shit and then you're like oh there's mythical creatures and it's like, oh my god there's more well, like that was a great title screen for odyssey with like the revelation that they give you so but oh, anyway yeah. like obviously no spoilers go play odyssey it's our tuggy award-winning game for 2020 for all but one member. No, 2019 2019 2019 no, no 2019 2018, was control. 2018 one of those years time is a flat circle Anyway, so moving on from AC Mirage to another Ubisoft game, uh, we did get some story details that leaked for Far Cry 7, or as this report from Insider Gaming calls it, Project Blackbird. 
which is supposed to be the next line, next main line Far Cry game set to be released in 2025, developed by Ubisoft Montreal. And it will, uh, this is the first game of the Far Cry series to move away from the Dunia engine to Snowdrop. Uh, whenever I hear something like that, I'm like, okay. So this publisher is pushing their their proprietary tech. That's cool. But it's like they're moving away from their own proprietary tech to a different version of their own proprietary tech. It's not like, oh, we're going from Unreal to our own in-house engine or the vice versa that we just saw CD Projekt Red do. They're moving away from the Red Engine. They're going to Unreal Engine 5 for the next Witcher and Cyberpunk games. They're going... It seems Ubisoft's all in on the Snowdrop engine, which is the engine that powers uh, the division. It's is developed by Massive. Um, it's going to be powering uh, Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora and the upcoming Star Wars Outlaws. To me, that seems a little bit like the mandate that EA gave of every game, no matter what genre, is going to use the Frostbite engine, which is our engine for our sports games. So obviously there was a lot of problems with developing an RPG that BioWare was trying to do Mass Effect and uh you know what was uh what was their failed RPG that came out um with the the Metal Titans or whatever Oh Anthem Anthem yeah so uh when you do a mandate like that it's like this engine is made for a certain genre and now you're getting another genre game to do it i don't know it, it always seems a bit iffy but again that's all speculation at this point maybe it's the perfect engine for this game i'm just a little apprehensive whenever i hear that but let's move on to the story details here so uh far cry 7 which will we'll refer to it as that from now on uh it will be told non-linearly and it'll be centered on the player rescuing their kidnapped family. Uh, the game's plot revolves around a wealthy family that has been kidnapped by a conspiracy group currently called the Sons of Truth. While the exact finite details are subject to change due to the game's stage of development, it was said that the premise of the campaign is for the player to rescue their entire family within a specific time frame. Currently, according to this person that leaked it, uh, that in-game timer is going to be at 72 hours, which is 24 hours of real game time. Uh, but the timer can be paused while the game, while the player enters like a safe house or when they're not doing a main story quest or whatever, I think the, the timer would pause. Uh, family members don't need to be rescued in the or in, in any order. And some of the family members may be killed, which would impact the story. Uh, while the details are still a little murky, it is understood that the goal is to take down the Sons of Truth, and in order to 100% the game, you will need to rescue all of the family members safely. Uh, to find your family members, this is the really interesting part, uh, to find your family members, uh, in Far Cry, you'll have a new interrogation mechanic, which doesn't necessarily mean you get the information you need from the enemy. Sometimes the enemy will give up that information. Sometimes they'll lie. Sometimes they'll stay quiet or sometimes they'll even escape. So in my mind that immediately I, I get, I go to like a torture scene in like any action movie or whatever. So you have options to torture. And then if you're like clever enough, you'll like leave a, a way for them to escape, but they think it's like them escaping themselves. And now you follow them 
to figure out where they're going. And that's when you find the, the family member. So if it, if it is really a dynamic system like that, I am all for that, but that may be a little hard to do. What are your guys' thoughts on that so far? Do you want to interrogate people to rescue your kidnapped family? I'm probably not as tickled pink as you are, Pat, as far as the torturing <laughs> and following and to, I guess, Ram- Ramsey Boltoning. But honestly, the entire concept definitely seems um, a far cry from what we're used to with the series. <laughs> I agree. And I like when they try something new and they introduce a new mechanic like this. And also that it's like nonlinear. That, that's a really nice concept. The in-game clock, I think, gives you a sense of urgency because I don't know if you've played uh, most of the other Far Cries, but Far Cry 5 is the last one I like really, really played. And all of these games start with like it's centered around the villain and like something happens and you're fighting this villain and this villain is like a dictator or they're like a really bad person and they've just killed all these people or they're going to kill all these people or, you know, what have you. And it's always like, okay, we really need to stop this guy because he's so evil. But can you go get like these seven crocodile hides for me to make this? And like, it it seems so out of place and kind of breaks the immersion when you just go off and do all these side quests. So adding this in-game timer gives you a sense of urgency, which I think is missing from some of these other Far Cry games, which I think will only add to the tension and kind of give you more replayability. Because if there's multiple ways to do this, the non-linearity of it and family members dying or whatever, that'd be cool to like, replay a far cry game and see how much it changes um but it's also not like like a lot of like far cry 6 i played i I got maybe like 10 or 11 hours into and then i just fell off because i'm like i don't even remember what the whole thing with this is i'm trying to get uh gustav well i forget his name Gustav Frank. Juan Carlo. Frank? Juan, Juan, yeah uh, Giancarlo esposito Giancarlo esposito i'm like i'm supposed to kill him but like I know him. I, I don't know. It, it just got a little murky and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm moving on to something else. But with, I think this seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, I think it's going to be a, a much more focused playthrough as opposed to kind of what we talked about with Ubisoft games in general being very like, do that. Like it's throwing so much at you that you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And now I'm bored. Zach, what about you? Does this do anything for you for a Far Cry game? Uh, so I've never played a Far Cry game. That is on me. Um, I do like the in-game clock idea. It's something unique. It's something different. Um, but since I haven't played another Far Cry game, I don't like know how to compare it. Or I, I literally can't. But it does. I mean, you give... played another Ubisoft game, right? Yeah. So imagine revenge storyline. This kind of revenge storyline you're unlocking different districts by unlocking towers uh the only difference is you're also adding animal hunting to get pelts or weapon uh pouches or what have you is the main difference there okay so i played all the far cry games um (laughs) (laughs) um no i do like it i like i like when games do try to do something that is different and not like not just different to them but different generally like you know like when assassin's creed try to go rpg that's them doing something different but it's different to them it's not different as a whole this is something that like is unique 
an interrogation system is really cool. An interrogation system where you can fail or like you're not even you can do everything right and still not get what you're looking for is awesome because it's realistic. You could try to interrogate people who actually don't know anything and you're just not going to get anything out of them. In-game timer of 72 hours seems like a, a decent amount of time, like real time 24 hours seems like a reasonable amount of time. I don't know how many family members you're trying to save. Um, some of them can be killed, which is also cool. So it's like picking and choosing, giving players a choice like um, of like who you should save or can save or want to save. It's something that is like unique enough that I'd be willing to try it seven games into a franchise that I've never played before. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely out of all the like the recent, the recent like the last three Far Cries. I think the last one that was really wholly unique was probably Primal, because they created their own language for that. They kind of leaned into the wackiness and like uh, had a, a really cool uh, aspect of it because it's in like prehistoric times. So you're like a Far Cry is like a generally wacky game, right? Uh, it has really? some elements of it. The last couple have leaned towards more of the serious. Um, Far Cry 5 did this thing where it's like, oh yeah, do whatever. There's these three districts that have three like big bosses. And then as soon as you deal with them is when you deal with the overall big boss. But the way they got you like with that sense of urgency was whenever they needed a story moment of it. It's like, okay. We're going to send helicopters and people after you to kidnap you. And they're going to, as soon as they catch up to you, they're going to knock you out. And you're like, the cutscene is going to play. And I'm like, this is completely the wrong way to do it. You're creating a fake sense of urgency by pulling me away from the thing I was doing originally. And this is like putting the onus on the player of like, you have this time. You can go fuck around with those, you know, crocodiles you're hunting, but you're losing someone's time. Gonna die. You're all, like, yeah, exactly. Like someone's going to die. Like, see, so like, I think okay, adding those consequences feel, right? to it. Because it's mm-hmm. like, there's like those things where it's like, you play a story game or whatever. And it's like, oh, I'm dying. If you could really help me, this would be great. And you can go play the entire campaign and then come back to this person. And they have not changed at all. So like, it's cool that there's actually going to be like stakes involved. Or like, if you don't act in a proper manner, people will die. Like... So I think this is definitely the kick in the pants this franchise needed. I am interested to see how how this interrogation system works out. Again, take this all with a grain of salt, but this does come from insider gaming, and they've gotten a lot of stuff correct uh, in the past. So um, I think this is pretty much, at least at some point, this is what the plans were. We'll see if this game actually comes out. If it's, it's set for 2025, according to this leak, I think you could reasonably see it next year, but if it's a if it's intended for 2025, then you could see it then as well. But it seems like there's already so much of it, like detail wise, that you could see something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe year. next year Ubisoft just wants to focus on uh, Skull and Bones. <laughs> Have that finally come out? When is that game just gonna die? Like, <laughs> I think it contractually has to come out because they took some money to? from like uh singapore or something where they owe the government that money so they owe government money oh jesus christ like (laughs) yeah that game that was announced the same time as sea of thieves remember that like that was the same e3 and we're like oh "Oh, i don't know which pirate game are you gonna play 
the one that is an actual game that is going right. to come out. The one that's going to come out is the one we're going to play. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, moving on to our last not so news story here, and this will be kind of a quick one because we can finally stop talking about it. So Microsoft plans to close the uh, Activision Blizzard King acquisition next week. So a new report from The Verge says that Microsoft is planning to close the $69 billion acquisition on October 13th. So if you're listening to this on the audio version, when it came out this Friday, Friday the 13th, <laughs> October 13th, uh, uh, October, Friday the 13th. So very... uh menacing time i guess not really but still. <laughs> whatever menacing. Uh, so uh this will mark this will finally mark the end of the 20 month long process since they announced the acquisition to when it finally closes it feels like it's been much longer but almost two years feels so this, two years as well <laughs> yeah the cma has until the end of the week to give its final opinion but they've already uh provisionally agreed to the concessions where Microsoft has given up, uh, divested the the streaming or the cloud rights of Activision Blizzard games to Ubisoft. So Ubisoft is the controller of those rights. So they don't have a monopoly there. Um, they've already, the CMA has already provisionally agreed to that. So there's no reason to expect them not to agree to the deal overall. So I think finally done. this is it's going done. to close and thank god next friday we will have a Bl an activision blizzard king officially under microsoft so let's focus on what's going to happen after that so how do you guys think the rollout of the games will be coming to game pass do you think it'll be like instantaneous flip the switch do you think it'll be like flip the switch and all of them come or do you uh, think not all of them i'm sure there's some sort of process it'll take to get them onto game pass like there's got to be some sort of like logistical way they have to do these things. So, but I'm they, sure they've been planning on it for a while. Probably. Like, like I think they have... But if there was a chance that the game couldn't come out, right? Or the game could come out, that the deal couldn't get done. Um, they probably weren't. I think illegally like, they are not allowed to do business. Considering right. that the deal is already done for that before it's actually. Right. Gone so through. they probably I'm haven't sure... done too much. Like. I'm sure but, there's people on just the Microsoft side, not working with any of the code or whatever, but getting it ready to mm -hmm. be like, okay, we're going to get this Call of Duty on there, so we're going to make yeah, sure I, we I do this as, as much as they can. Be, I think there are going to be some games that are instantaneous or like a decent portion, but you're not going to see like all well, of them. You'll like, see what they did with Bethesda. Like with Bethesda, I think it was almost like day one. They had like the classic. Yeah, uh, they had PC like 30 games. games like the first week or whatever and then yeah and those are basically the, the classic ones. pc games you got fallout like one and two and um but my <laughs> question is do you think that plan was a good one or do you think it would work better to do it in waves that way you get like a marketing cycle every you know hey this week it's it's black ops next week it's going to be black ops 2 then it's going to be black ops 3 so you get like this wave of people like, oh, I want to come back for Black Ops. Okay, I'm coming back for Black Ops 2 as well, because that's the new one. And then you kind of have like this wave if you of drop people them all, coming. If you drop yeah. them all, then it's just everybody, right? Yeah. Everybody who wants to join the joins rather than waiting. But then you split the audience too, I think. Mm, and then now you have to make sure the servers are up for I, how many Call of Duties have there been? 30, 40 games? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not that many, but like, 
They've been coming out since what, 2006, 2007? Something like that. Even before that, with the original. Yeah, so there's got to be at least 20, right? Yeah. Probably. Probably, yeah. I'm more excited about 20 set of servers. (laughs) I mean, 20 servers that you have to make sure are all functioning at the same time, assuming you you bring back all of them. Um, That's easy. And then you're dividing up that audience. I don't know. In my mind, I think it'll be like kind of like how Nintendo has been doing their waves of games on Nintendo Classic or whatever that service is called, where they like release three games or whatever. I think that's how they'll do it. Um, Again, we've talked about this in the past, but I don't think the new new Call of Duty can come on it right away. I think they have to wait six months because of the the contract with Sony. but yeah, that's that's my impression of it. Um, so do you, you guys expect them all to be instantaneous, or at least most of them to be? I don't think. No, I'm no, just, I said they wouldn't all be instantaneous. I was joking. I'm There's no way. Banking on at least like doing like the older, like easier games to just throw over, like the original Diablo, maybe like Warcraft Two, like. That's what I'm hoping for, just like they did with the uh, Fallout's one and two, um, at least on Game Pass PC. I think that's going to be a lot easier of a transition as far as far as Call of Duty's. Um, ah, they might go all out. It'd be a good way to get people to go to Game Pass. It's like, hey, Starfield and hey, look at all this, too. Boom. You going to play Black Ops 2. We fucking gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, What other IP or studio changes do you hope to see from this? Is there any old IP that you'd love to see come back? Is there any studio you want to see work on a different project or like being released from the support studio prison of being a Call of Duty support studio? I think Ravensoft definitely deserves to have their own project. Uh, Toys for Bob is the the people who did uh, Crash 4 was the last one, or I guess... Wasn't there another crash game that just came out that nobody cared about? Capture the Rack. No, um, it, it was, was actually the, uh, Capture the Rack. <laughs> it was a, it was a Capture the Flag game. I don't remember what it was called. Let's just say um, Capture the Rack. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm assuming they'll probably get a green light to do another. Like we want Crash as a, a an Xbox mascot or whatever. Crash um, should be a a mainline thing for anybody because i mean 20 years between three and four is to stop hating crash bandicoot is a great video game character it's a great video game franchise yeah, i'd be fine if they're like toys for bob you can do the next banjo too. yeah like no don't give up on crash i don't agree <laughs> to that like um sekiro that's a technically an activision published game so i don't know what their deal is with uh from software there, but that could be something we could see coming to Game Pass. I'm sure a lot of people would like that uh, because that's a, a really well-received game. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a What was the one that was kind of like Infamous, but the Activision version of it? Uh, oh, it was... Um, okay. But yeah, there's a lot that they can go kind of back into. I would... I think the the best thing is going to be the showcase in 2024 
the summer showcase when they can finally give like, okay, here's the plan. Here's what's going to happen. The new Call of Duty, guess what? That's coming day and date to Game Pass. Here's what Toys for Bob is working on. Here's what, you know, we're going to green light another of this or that or, you know. It's going to be crazy, I think, when they finally have access to all of this. But I think we're going to have to wait a little bit to kind of see that. Um, summer of 2024 seems about right, but it could even be longer than that if if these are all support studios that don't have projects in development getting something to a point where they can show it might take like a year or two. But I think that's why in the meantime, you rely on that old back catalog and slowly release it in waves just to kind of quench everyone's thirst and keep a steady stream of games coming to game pass, both old and new, because we know they have the first parties finally in a position to deliver a big game every quarter. So right. yeah, it'll be exciting. And we finally won't have to talk about the merger maybe happening or this happening or that happening because now it'll be done. <laughs> so yeah, I can't I can't think of a video game subject I disliked more to talk about than this. Honestly. Again, it's 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 been like we've had this analogy before where you're like at a buffet and they're like, Hey, by the way, the buffet next door, we're bringing that food over any day now. <laughs> it's coming soon. It's co- now it's finally here. Okay. So Let's stop talking about it and let's just have some pizza. <laughs> That's what you're eating at a buffet. You're just eating pizza. You get a pizza mm. at any time. Oh, and pizza's on a bagel. I don't. I. I don't know what to say in response to that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he shut you up. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's not wrong, but he's. I don't know if he's right. <laughs> he's, he's the, I don't think he's right, but I don't have enough facts to dispute it. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get to our topic of show here, which is going to be focusing on PlayStation news, both good and bad. So let's start with maybe some people see this as good. Maybe some people see this as bad, but Jim Ryan is retiring as CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment next spring. So this news first broke via Twitter post from Jason Schreier but it was later confirmed by Sony themselves. So Jim Ryan states that he will retire in March of 2024 and uh, Hiroki Totoki will assume the interim CE role starting April 1st. Additionally, Sony said that Totoki will closely work with Sony group corporation chair uh, and CEO Kenshiro Yoshida to navigate PlayStation's future including the succession of SIE CEO role. So although Totoki is going to be taking up interim, he may not be the one to actually get the full job when, whenever they do decide that. Um, one of the reasons that Ryan cited that he will be leaving is because he's having a difficult time living in Europe while working in North America. And I think previously he talked about he's spending like two weeks in North America two weeks in Europe where he lives and then two weeks in Japan where Sony's base of operations is. So he's constantly flying around between there. He can't see his family enough, which is understandable. Can't he um, just let the man work remote? Jesus. Like of all people. <laughs> something's got to be in person, man. Those uh, emails that he sends about his cats when you should talk about uh, the abortion rights happening in the U S now let's, let's talk about my cats. That has to be in person, dude. 
Okay, yeah, but like, okay, yeah, but that's not fair to use as an argument against my statement. Like, the man doesn't have to fly to Japan twice a twice a month. Like, he just doesn't. So he multiple CEOs or something like. Well, uh, Jim Ryan was CEO of SIE only since 2019. He has been with the company since 1994. So clearly it's about time for him to retire. He's been working a long time. So um, do you think this is going to change, like the change in leadership of the the CEO position? Do you think this is going to change the direction PlayStation is currently headed in? Like they're, from what we've seen this year with their showcase, focusing on games as a service model with fair games, Concord marathon. And then now the, if not canceled, at least in limbo, the development of, uh, last of us factions. It seemed like they were going hardcore on the, the games as a service, you know, multiplayer focused model, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. Do you think that will continue to change or that'll continue to be their kind of position or do you think they'll kind of focus back on the single player cinematic adventure i hope they focus more on the cinematic adventure single player cinematic adventure but depends on how many resources it depends on how many resources they've dumped in and if they're willing to let it go yeah we've we've talked about how these massive corporations are giant ships and it takes a, a while for them to turn Right. I mean, how long was it uh, from... Has Sony started the turn yet, or will they be starting the turn from the CEO, or is the CEO going to continue going straight? <laughs> well, how long was it from when Xbox brought on Phil Spencer for them to change like their philosophy for Phil Spencer's impact to start being a thing? Phil Spencer was promoted to head of Xbox, I think, right around 2015. Um, it was like right after... It was the launch... We were at least a year past the launch of Xbox One, and then his first major, like, project for the Xbox One generation was backwards compatibility. Um, right. And then ever since then, he's been buying more studios and kind of getting that ship righted. And I think we're just finally starting to see the fruits of that. Right. With like, you got to see like now Game Pass is a major thing, and so you're talking eight years, and we're really. With, with like the objective of all the acquisitions, right, to get to a game a quarter, major first party game a quarter. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, the pandemic obviously yeah. kind of put a damper in that as well. So right. I would say like maybe five years is probably what we were looking at. And then okay. Yeah. So let's had... be generous about it. We'll say five years for something of that kind of undertaking. Then it would probably be fair to think that something similar for this, if they choose to change five years. So. Is that realistic for them to do right now? So we're looking at probably PlayStation 6 before we start to see those. The fruits of those changes? Yeah. Do you see... If you're sitting sitting there talking about PlayStation have won this generation, quote-unquote, then you can make that change now in terms of preparing for the next generation. Assuming they think they need to make a change. Right. They're still in the lead. Right, they they've announced all these games as a service. You've had some bad reaction from fans, but I don't I don't think you've seen the monetary like these games have not come out yet. So you've not seen the monetary repercussions of this yet. So assuming 
all these games fail because I think that that market is already very saturated. There's no it way does, all these games can survive. It just surprises me that like you like games in the service are such like a big thing because the ones that are doing really well have continued to survive, right? Like you said. So then you need to come up with something that can take the space and hold a following in a way that you're not you can't like copy what another game has done because why would I leave the game that's doing well? You know? And you, do you have else. to you have to release with enough content to keep people entertained for that long and have long that steady keep flow going. of content that the right. other game already has a leg up on you. Like I don't see anyone taking the throne away from Fortnite because Fortnite has that schedule down. Right. Um, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention recently with Sega canceling hyenas. Uh, if you guys remember what hyenas is, it looked a very generic looking shooter that was maybe an extraction shooter that was announced like uh, at one of their maybe 2021 or 2022 uh, summer games fest where everybody was having a fucking showcase. Uh, they announced hyenas and I I saw the showcase. I saw the announcement. Never thought about the game again. They recently announced that they're canceling that game, but then they also said it was a game. It was their highest budgeted game ever. Well, I guess they didn't say that. This this was a report from somebody who's familiar with that, but like somebody who's confirmed to have worked on the game. So they saw the oh look at look at Fortnite. Look at uh. PUBG, look at all these games as a service, Battle Royales, doing all of this. Let's pour all this money and get a piece of that pie. But here we are five, six years later, when that game has been in development that long, they've poured all that money into it, and they're like, this is not working. So they had to cancel that game. Their highest budgeted game ever. Because the market has shifted. I mean... And that's my, my just point. one game Sega was trying to launch. Sony's right. trying to do what they said 20 in the next five years or something. I mean, yeah. And my point with like the games as a service is like, what are Sony's best games? Last of Us. Right. Uncharted. Right. God of War. God right. of War. Yeah. Spider-Man. So Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. So you're, but the but the the top three, far and away games you name: Uncharted, Last of Us, God of War. Single player campaign. Let that be your wheelhouse and just commit to that. Like Horizon, ex Horizon. Like they're excellent games. They're not just excellent games. They're games that like are constantly up for Game of the Year. Like True. there's pedigree to that. But if if you look at the sales numbers, I mean, Sony is not Nintendo. Right? Sony's not Nintendo. They have the install base for sure. But right. if you look at the sales numbers of God of War, maybe 8, 10 million max, they're not Nintendo who's selling 25 million copies of Zelda. So yeah. if that game takes seven years to make and it costs you, you know, so much, you're selling eight to nine million copies of it. Yeah, you're making a profit, but you're not making anywhere near Fortnite. You're not making anywhere near PUBG, you're not making anywhere near uh what's the non-Titanfall 3 one? Apex. Uh Apex. You're not making anywhere near that level of money. So I think that's the pie that they're trying to reach. 
And they're like, let's throw all this shit at the wall and hopefully one of them sticks. I mean, looking at so I, I was just I was just curious to see what their best selling games are. And I guess to that point, you're right. Spider-Man sold like I'm looking at just PS4 right now. PS4 numbers. Spider-Man sold 20 million copies. Spider-Man is an anomaly because it is it's fucking Spider-Man. Okay, right. That's a God licensed of, property that you're not War, getting full money on. Yeah. God of War sold 19 and a half million. Okay. Uncharted sold 16, and then the drop-off starts. Uh, Witcher 3 sold 10.8. Last of Us Part 2 only sold 10. Horizon sold 10. Last of Us Remaster sold 10. Ghost of Tsushima, 9.73 million. So you got, like, through, like, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Like, look, six look games. At the, look at the Switch anyway, numbers now. I don't want to look at the Switch numbers. I, I, agree, I agree with your point. No, I understand your point. But, like... If, like... Like, these are their best-selling games on that console, and... All they're, of they're them also the games that have been play- taken. Yeah, they're single player, but they've also taken like five, six years to make with a very high budget, very big like cinematic. Like each one right. of those games, at least two hundred million. But if they can, if they can do a, um, if they can do, and it's hard because I mean, I mean, or it may not be hard depending on how many. I know there's a bunch of studios out there, but if they do like a. Xbox kind of thing, just acquire studios, create first per create games and just keep having the steady stream then you can release content and then have these major ones your blockbusters release on like your yearly cycles or whatever um we're like looking at them like god of war and spider-man came out in the same year but then none of them came out in the same year uncharted was 2016 which was 2015 last of us part two was 2020 horizon was 2017 so but again i i understand i understand the point like it's about making money and you need to be able to make money and I don't know, but I just feel like, and we've talked about it before, when I think of PlayStation, I think of the single player experience where Xbox has always, I felt like kind of been like the multiplayer base. It's always been like the more multiplayer avenue. And maybe I'm wrong for thinking that, but that's certainly how I feel is that I've always looked at PlayStation as a much more single player avenue. So I feel like they'd be better off doubling down on that as opposed to trying to do games of service, which are very difficult to even get the ground or the ball rolling with them. I agree with you in the sense that, yeah, that's their wheelhouse. They should stick with it. They're profitable. They're not like astronomically profitable, but they're profitable. Mm -hmm. I think it's just these CEOs, these executives looking at the numbers and they're like, okay, so we're doing well, but we're not doing anywhere near Fortnite and Fortnite. They've developed that game once and now they're just, you know, it's much lower budget to maintain that versus creating a new game and he's like okay every seven years we're spending 250 million just to make you know 10 million 12 million worth of sales on this big game if that game hits but in the meantime but between between the last three years they've also had uh death stranding i think didn't meet expectations um what was the other last of us but not really last of us one uh, with the motorcycle. Oh, Days Gone. Oh, days days gone. gone didn't meet expectations. I think uh, Returnal didn't meet sales expectations. Uh, Returnal was good, though. Returnal was very good, but again, it's a, it's a very niche it's genre. It's about money. Yeah, yeah. And it's about money. Um, so they've had these games that have not reached what they're used to, like the 10, 12 million, but they're still taking that long to make. And it's there's no sense 
there's no uh, evidence that games are becoming cheaper to make. It, quite the opposite. With extra features, extra content that you expect from games, and extra like mocapping and all of this stuff, games are just getting more and more budgeted to make. So they're thinking, yep. this isn't sustainable. So, and we well, raised like, the price for, of games $10 and everybody flipped the fuck out. Yes, they the finally have ex- accepted that, but yeah. we can't do that again for a long time. So I think they're like, what's the way we can make money? And it's this games as a service. But for these games as a service, isn't it just like, isn't it too late? Right? Because if, if the one you're competing with is Fortnite, you're not, you're not going to surpass it. So isn't it just too late? But if to they try can... to create something new for, for any of them, for Xbox or for PlayStation to do a game of service. Or game but if it's not, service. if it's, if you, if you're only spending a third of the amount of money that you're spending on a, like a, a really high budget mocap right. game mm-hmm. and you're spending three years instead of seven years to make this game, I think in their mind, it's like, okay, it's worth it to throw all these at the wall and see what sticks. If two of these stick and we're just, supporting those they're kind of going to generate the money for us to kind of fund the rest of these i think that's their interpretation of it but none of the ones that they've announced except maybe marathon i think have the legs to stick like what the fuck is fair games it's it's a generic looking heist watchdog z payday ish game that i don't think is gonna you know cause any sort of you know like oh shit this is a game you got to play maybe i'm wrong i don't know i'm judging that literally by the cinematic that we've seen and then concord they just showed a a cg teaser they they didn't even give us any indication of what that game will be it's it's a spaceship with a cheeseburger that's half eaten like it's supposed to come out next year it's a pvp multiplayer first person shooter yeah, and then Marathon, again, we saw that CG trailer, and then we had to go to the blog post on Sony to see that it was an extraction shooter. So, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like... I don't think any of these games will be successful. Is the change in leadership gonna... Literally, like, Rainbow Six Extraction was an extraction shooter of a very well-established... But again, Rainbow Six Extraction is trying to capitalize off Tarkov, the successful extraction shooter. Right. But again, you need something to pull people away from. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's my point. Like, why would I go play? Why would I go play something that's like Tarkov when I can just play Tarkov? Like, you know what I mean? And that's the hard thing about a game as a service. Like, you have to take a risk and you have to present something that's not like anything else that's out there. Or if it is something that's like out there, like what Fortnite did, where because like PUBG was out there and other stuff was out there, you need it to be so accessible, so easy, and so like simple to pick up with good content. Like, that's hard. Like, you need to create the trend, not chase it. And right, right. now, Sony is chasing the trend. I don't know if this yeah. change in leadership is going to do anything about it. I hope that I hope they don't try to keep doing games as a service because I just don't feel like you you would have to have gold. You need to have something like amazing for it to really. And even them. even the thing that you think was going to be a sure thing, Last of Us Factions, games as a service, separate multiplayer release from Naughty Dog, 
the the studio that cannot miss. Right. That is now in trouble. We we talked about it before where they showed what they had to Bungie and Bungie's like, this what the fuck good. is this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't support this. This is the this is all the content you have. Where's the rest of it? So yeah. I think that game's in trouble if not canceled. Like I, I don't know if that, that project ever sees the light of day because you know Naughty Dog doesn't want to release a subpar product. They they don't want to tarnish their reputation their reputation and and if Sony is like, yeah, we're gonna throw out the baby with the bathwater releasing this, we might as well just cancel it. Well, now right. you have these other generic looking games as a service to hopefully stick to the wall, and I don't know if they will. So, and I think next story up here that we're gonna talk about for Sony is one of the reasons why they shift to the games as service model. Uh, so Sony has deleted all mentions of the Knights of the Old Republic remake from all of their social media and stuff. So, uh, Star Wars fans noticed that Sony deleted tweets about the game and hid the trailer from their official YouTube channel. So the only mention of the, the game having been announced from Sony's platforms was a post that included like, Oh, by the way, we just announced Spider-Man, Wolverine and knights of the old public it was it was a thread that was mentioning all the games in their 2021 showcase that happened to mention that that was the only mention that they didn't delete um as we know bloomberg so let's go back a little bit so the knights of the old republic remake was originally announced as in development by aspire media at the 2021 playstation showcase and then in 2022 Bloomberg reported that developer that the developers Aspire Media spent a significant amount of time and resources on a proof of concept demo that failed to pass muster at a review meeting. So senior members uh, of uh, um, Embracer, who who bought Aspire, uh, took the leads away from the project and they gave the reins to Saber Interactive, who is in Europe. And Aspire Media is in Texas, so the game literally shift con- continents. You fast forward a year, and the parent company Embracer Group is now instituting cuts across the sprawling portfolio, including canceling games and shutting down entire studios like Volition after reportedly losing out on a $2 billion investment from Saudi Arabia. Uh, Aspire announced in June that it would be... Uh, it would bail on shipping promised DLC for Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 remaster on Switch. I believe they're being sued by some gamers on that uh, because the person's like, I bought the game specifically because you announced this DLC. Well, clearly their shit's going down at Embracer, which is trickling down. So a spokesperson from Sony said that the Knights of the Old Republic remake trailer was delisted over licensing issues. As a part of normal business, we delete we delist assets with licensed musics when the licenses expire. Uh, they told Kotaku in an email, uh, the only music in the trailer seems to be the main Star Wars theme, which is owned by Disney. So it doesn't make sense for Disney to not give you the rights to keep that trailer up for a project that they are financing some port- portion of. So... I don't know if I buy that. Do you guys buy that? No. Yeah. So absolutely not. Is this game happening or is it as good as canceled? I think it will happen eventually. 
Are you talking like happening like as we know it? Yeah. So if it happened, I think Rick is right where it is too big of a project to just let die. But I don't know if I think the contract will have to be renegotiated because I don't think Embracer has the resources to continue developing this game. I don't know if Sony wants to back like more of it to like, I don't know if Sony wants to be the ones to develop it. And I don't know if Disney feels comfortable working with Sony and Embracer any longer. So I don't know if Disney's just going to go to a third party studio and be like, Hey, you develop this like, Hey, EA Bioware, you guys did the original. Let's give you the license back. Can you get this game out in five years? Or if they're going to go to somebody else or if Sony's going to be like, okay, we're going to pick up the ball. Um, who do we have available? Blue point. You guys do remakes. Why don't we put you on Knights of the old Republic remake? What do you guys think? I could, that could certainly be a believable scenario. Either way, I don't think Embracer is going to be involved in the future. Yeah, I think that's uh, definitely a no-go. I'm, I don't know. Do you think Disney's going to be pissed that Sony kind of dropped the ball? Or I would be pissed, if especially... I don't know what... Again, we don't know what the fine details in this contract was. Was it... Was it like Disney approached Sony and then Sony's like, okay, here, Aspire, we're going to work with you. And then Aspire got bought out by Embracer and now Embracer is kind of folded into this. Or if it was, hey, uh, Disney, we're going to work with, you know, we were approached by Aspire who is in the process of being bought out by Embracer. So we're already, we've already got Embracer in the, in the fold from the beginning but we need somebody to finance it. Hey, let's talk to Sony. I don't know what the order of operations there was, but either way, if I'm Disney, I'm like, clearly we need to be more involved. You guys can't, you know, we can't just set our IP out there. An IP is important as star Wars to just flounder like this. Cause that looks bad on us. So if I was Disney, I'd be pissed and I'd want to be more involved and I want to take over, you know, overseeing rights or whatever you have. I don't know if that's Disney's MO with the way they've kind of been working licensing out. I don't know how involved they are in those projects. Um, we know with the whole EA deal, they had that exclusive 10-year deal that got cut short because the rumor was that Disney was not happy with the output. So I don't know. There's certainly precedent out there for that. Um, but yeah, I would not be happy and I, I would not be happy if with embracer if i was sony because this makes sony look bad having to delist a, a trailer for an announcement that was so huge at the time that like literally got people to buy i'm, I'm i guarantee you there's people who bought playstation 5s expecting that remake to come out in the next year or two so i would be pissed if i was sony i'd be pissed if i was disney I'm sure Embracer's pissed at Aspire and maybe now Saber Interactive, but yeah, it seems like this project just did not get the direction it needed from the, the get-go. Right. Which is sucks because it's such a good game originally. And I think like out of all the games that we've gotten a remake of, this one definitely needed it. And it still needs it. <laughs> So, I don't you know. You know what a game also needs a remake? You need for Speed Underground too. 
It's just an aside. What? <laughs> I don't I, I think mean, it does. It does. It absolutely does. Oh, Need for Speed Underground 2 is great. Probably the best racing game of all time. Forza Horizon 5 has something to say there. Yeah, well, Capture the rag. Forza, Forza Horizon 5 isn't Need for Speed Underground 2, is it? I've never once heard you talk about Need for Speed Underground 2, and now you've mentioned it like five because times. Because we, we never talk about racing games. We only ever talk about Forza. You have a, a, every opportunity Turismo. to talk about them. Every yeah. Talk about racing games all the time. Yeah. Well, Need for Speed Underground 2 is amazing. But anyway, this makes me really sad for KOTOR because like, we talked about the, the the trouble with Embracer and like when they was moved from at Aspire to Saber Interactive, that that's that project was just too big for that studio and I think that developer to handle, and it sucks that here we are three years later from that announcement or that you know the first tricklings of it, and there's nothing to show for it, so. Even if this project were to start development with a new studio now, we're still probably five to six years away from it, which is annoying. So, but let's talk about another Sony thing, which might be good for them. So, uh, a job description for a Naughty Dog developer's LinkedIn LinkedIn profile suggests that the Last of Us Two remastered is currently in development. So, uh, responsible for overseeing the production of all outsourced environment art assets, weapons, and interactive props for two iconic titles, The Last of Us Part 1 and The Last of Us 2 Remastered, reads the description section for lead outsource artist Mark Pagliaro. I don't know how you say that. Pagliaro. 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 I don't know. Uh, I, uh... Rio. Either Rio. Uh, this news comes on the heels of layoffs at Naughty Dog after the troubled development of factions. So, I mean, we were all expecting or anticipating Last of Us 2 Director's Cut, Last of Us 2 Remastered, whatever you, you have, uh, like two years ago when Last of Us Part, like Last of Us 2 got announced and came out just like what six months before the PlayStation five came out, we're all like, okay, this is Sony. They're going to re-release it. They're going to repackage it with a little bit of DLC. They're going to call it a director's cut and they're going to charge $70 for it. We were all expecting that in 2020 and 2021. That never happened. We did get last of us part one last year on PlayStation five this year on PC. Now we're getting last of us two remastered according to this person's LinkedIn profile. The biggest thing that irks me in all of this is are they really going to go from Last of Us Part 1? They had Last of Us Part 2 came out in 2020. Then to make it the same flowing, they called it Last of Us Part 1 for the remake. And now they're going to go with Last of Us 2 Remastered? What the fuck? (laughs) I guess you can't do Last of Us Part two again just because that's also last of us part two that came out in 2020 you had last of us one or last of us remastered which came out on the ps4 which was a remastered version of the ps3 game 
And then you had Last of Us Part 1, which is a remake of that PS3 game. I don't know. It's the naming conventions all fucked up. What do you guys think? Is this a placeholder name or do you think they're probably going to actually call it Last of Us Part 2 or Last of Us 2 Remastered? No, I think they're actually going to call it that. That would just annoy me, especially I'm not a, a physical media owner, obviously. But if I had these games on my shelf and I had Last of Us Part 1, the PS4 game, then I had Last of Us Part 1, the PS5 game, and then I had Last of Us 2 remastered the PS5 game, I'd be like, fuck you, Sony. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, what, what do you guys think? Is this gonna? Is this just going to be a remaster without any additional story content, any additional factions or anything? Just upscaled all the bells and whistles of the PS5, including... Although I think they did have a an update for the PS5 that included most of the bells and whistles, like the faster loading and all that stuff. So what the fuck is this? I feel like it's so soon to do a remaster now. I think it's a PC release. It could be. But Last of Us Part 1 was on PlayStation 5 for six months before it came to PC. Yeah, but you know, do you think as you said, both? Part 2 has all the bells and whistles. They just don't have a PC release. It's true. So I think this remastered is just Last of Us 2 PC, but with all the bells and whistles. Yeah, I, I could totally see that. Um, there was a story a couple of months ago. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast because it was such a small thing. But uh, the musical composer of Last of Us did an interview, and he's like, yeah, I've been recording a few tracks for Last of Us Part 2. And people are like, oh! Are there is there a DLC coming or whatever? So it could just be like, yeah, he was re-recording some tracks for the PC release or something. Um if it is a PC release, I would love to see ray tracing. If it is a release for PlayStation 5 fully, which I still am not counting out because that's just Sony's MO. They just want people to spend. How can we get someone to spend $70 on a game that we released in 2020? Um the Bethesda model. It's all Just the Skyrim add some, model. Add some uh, outfits or like, I don't know. Here's a new gun or something. Um, but yeah, I may, do you guys think, is there any chance the vestiges of that factions mode will get released in some way or another in this Last of Us remastered? No. You know, Maybe. Dead and buried. Yep, dead and buried. It's gone. It's finished. I would love a story DLC like Left Behind, but again, I think three years after the game, can you feasible like has that happened before? Maybe with uh, what was that? Uh, fuck, the game Chance had for DLC. In last year's draft. Oh, bro. I can't remember that. Hold on. Let me look it up. Uh, Cuphead? Cuphead. Cuphead. A delicious last course. That was like three years removed, maybe. But I think that's just an isolated case where it was announced and delayed and they kind of had to release it as, as a DLC and not a separate game. But... Yeah, I can't see. I think 
there is reports of the factions DLC or the factions game, including some story elements. Could it be possible they take those story elements and condense them into a single player game and include a single player DLC and include that in this? Again, it's just, it seems so. That, that stuff just isn't done, right? No. No. Yeah, I don't know. It seems so weird. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. If, if Do you guys think we see this next year? Or do you see maybe they wait till season two of The Last of Us show? It seems they like might it's need... developed according to this guy's <clears throat> job listing. Seems like they need to feed the beast of the show. I know they're probably going to be splitting Last of Us 2 into maybe two seasons. Yeah, and with the writer's strike, I think the filming schedule has been pushed back. So They bought them, so, bought them some time. <laughs> yeah, no way it's going to come out 2024. So maybe 2025, but didn't Last of Us 1 or Last of Us Part 1 remake didn't that come out before the show? And then it was just like on the shelves ready to go when the show came out. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if all Sony has next year is games as a service, this could be something that they fast track to try and get $70 from people. So That's true. Yeah. Like, would you spend $70 on this? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I spent, so I spent $60 when Last of Us 1 came out on the PS3. Then I spent another 50 however much it was, on the remastered version on PS4. And then I spent another 60 on the PC version. So even if I buy this version, I'm still ahead of how many times I've bought Last of Us 1. So I don't know. Maybe. If it's on PC and it has all the bells and whistles, I might do that. But it's got to have, like fucking ray tracing and everything but either way like we can see that this is so all of this kind of getting all of this together um we we've seen the failure of these massive budget single player games like knights of the old republic even though it is such an important title stuff can still fall apart in the, the the long time it takes to develop these projects. But it's very easy to green light a remaster because it takes less resources, it takes less budget, it takes less time. I think Sony is just veering towards this. We're going to remaster these games. We're going to remake some games. We're going to do third-party deals for certain games that we can just buy, like Final Fantasy. And then we're going to release games as a service. And they're kind of watering down what won them their fan base in the PS4 era, a little bit of the PS3 era that like, I don't know the PS5 is, is this era going to be like the worst that the PlayStation's had in a long time? Eventually the worst seems like a stretch. Maybe when you compare the number of games, I don't know. I guess they have more studios now. I mean, it's still so early, right? It's still so yeah. early. And I guess Spider-Man 2 is coming out, so maybe we're a little bit more, you know, doom and gloom. That that game's going to sell 
20 30 yeah. million probably with the spider-man ip and they're probably right. gonna release it on pc and then it's gonna send sell even more so yeah yeah i don't know it, it just seems like playstation is doing all the things i don't want them to do right now and i'm i'm not looking forward to that future <laughs> the near future at least so yeah. I don't, I, they, I, it's, it's concerning just hearing that games of service could be just the focal point and that, that's just i really hope just... totoki hiroki totoki who's taking over as interim ceo sees this and sees the fans talking about this and maybe is like hey maybe we should invest a little bit more in the single player we can do games as service but we can't neglect our bread and butter no it can't solely be that and i think that's just what makes them more successful is their single players i understand like it's what's about, funny is microsoft money, is doing rpg like they have an rpg focus with all mm-hmm. the studios they've acquired they're going to be the single player powerhouses soon so Perhaps Sony just has like, I feel like a lot of their single player games that are their big blockbusters just hit. I feel like they just hit. And like, that's why I'd more, I'd feel better if that was like the focal point, because even though they don't sell the units and we compare them to like Nintendo, right? But like their best selling games are the single player hitters. Like it, it, it's different if it was like, oh, you have a couple multiplayer or games of service games that are up here. So you could like try to pick and choose. But like your top six from your last generation were all single player games like that is you. That is your bread and butter. And if you continually do that and we've talked about it before, right? Like there's just more and more gamers now and the population's growing. So like you should think that, oh, more units of these will sell if you just keep churning out really good products. Problem is, is like all those single player games are like vastly different from each other, right? You've got like Spider-Man and you've got God of War. So there's some people who just aren't into God of War. People are like not into Spider-Man, but like that's, I feel like that's where their focus should be. Cause then you can have third parties just be your multiplayer your FIFAs, your whatever. I guess I can't say Call of Duty for too much longer, but like those, your your. I feel like your third parties can be your multiplayer games. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see with the near future, but to me, it's like a lot of red flags. So, yeah, it, but, it'll but be an interesting me, rest of this generation. And remember we'll with, with, with Xbox, we were doom and gloom like a few months ago. And I was like, be optimistic. And you're like, no, I want to be negative. And now you're feeling great about it. Like, be optimistic. It's a leadership change, but this could be good. Just like the leadership change for Xbox was good. I do think it's the right right time for Jim Ryan to come out because we've talked about him a lot on the podcast. And pretty much every time it's like, what the fuck is he doing? (laughs) So, (laughs) So we'll see. And sometimes but, something new, something somebody new, somebody fresh gives a boost. Yeah, I mean, it was the best the right thing direction. Xbox did was get rid of uh, Matrick and put in Phil Spencer. So, Xbox or Sony just needs to find their their Phil Spencer. Essentially, maybe, maybe they get Phil Spencer. <laughs> maybe oh, they imagine get a truckload of money uh, onto his backyard and be like, "Hey, come work for us." Surely it's not all about the money, right? Like, surely there's like a, a tribalism there. 
Right. Oh, it'd be 100% about the money to me. But I think in that, yeah, you, in, that like, in that war, Microsoft is going to outbid Sony every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Like, but anyway. To Microsoft. Like, you have it all. <laughs> but anyway, let us know what you think of uh, Sony's potential future. Are you as doom and gloom as us? Or do you think there's, uh, there's hope. a bright future ahead? There's hope. Subpar subtitles. Wow! <laughs> Let's move on to subpar subtitles. Subpar subtitles is the game we like to end the podcast with, where we basically take the principle that game developers like naming their games with franchise colon subtitle. For example, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, oh, Mirage, it's right there. <laughs> or Mirage. Uh, and that's S-U-B hyphen T-I-T-L-E. Uh, so basically, I take a fake subtitle, intermix it with a bunch of real ones, and it's our panel's job here to figure out which one is the fake one. We've been keeping track of scores all year. Uh, so far, scores are Zach with 6, Rick with 15, uh, you know, comfortably in the lead there and chance with zero. <laughs> and he's not going to get any points this week cause he is not here. But anyway, uh, you guys ready? I'm ready. All right. So freeze frame frenzy serpents, wrath, uh, catch and the millionaires conspiracy jungle puzzles. And Emily's honeymoon cruise. So I'll repeat those again for those of you listening at home. So we have Freeze Frame Frenzy, Serpent's Wrath, Catrell and the Millionaire's Conspiracy, Jungle Puzzles, and Emily's honeymoon cruise. Uh, Rick, you are in the lead. So why don't we start with you? I'm going to go with B, Serpent's Wrath. Serpent's Wrath for Rick. Zach? Just go with B, Paris. Just go with what? Go with C. None of these sound real. None of these. Catrell and the Millionaire's Conspiracy. Actually, no, I take it back. I take it back. Give me A. (laughs) A, so Freeze Frame Frenzy for Zach. (laughs) So, now for the twist, you guys have the option to either keep your answers or say that they're all real or all fake. If if that is indeed the case and you pick the right one of all real and all fake, you will get double the points for a total of six. So I ask you, Rick, what do you decide? Sticking with B. Rick is sticking. Zach. I'm just going to say they're all real. I'm pretty Zach. sure I picked the real ones. I don't, yeah. Zach is saying all real. All right. So Nicktoons. Freeze frame frenzy, real game. Serpent's Wrath, not a real game. <laughs> so Rick just got three points. Uh, Layton's Mystery Journey, Catrell and the Millionaire's Conspiracy, real game. Banana Bliss, Jungle Puzzles, real game. And Delicious, Emily's Honeymoon Cruise, real game. <laughs> so uh, Rick is now. At 18 points. Yeah, I was sitting there. I'm like, Serpent's Wrath is like the least ridiculous one. <laughs> That's it's why the I, one I It's the one I want to pick. But Rick picked it. So I'm like, oh, I can't just pick that because then you I don't can. make up anything. But then I didn't realize, oh, I'll just increase the deficit by being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. You can reach us with any questions, comments, concerns, or talk about how Zach is just terrible at this at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media. On Twitter, we are at T-U-G-E-P-O-D. And yes, I know it's X, but officially it's still Twitter in all of our hearts and minds. On Instagram, it is uh, T-U-G underscore P-O-D. On threads, it's something. Uh, it's the on... same thing. It's the same thing as Instagram. Okay. All right. Threads on... is just Twitter for Instagram. Okay. T-U-G underscore P-O-D on threads as well. On Reddit, it is r slash tugpod, and on Facebook, it's the Untitled Gaming Podcast. Have you been posting to Threads? I don't. Has, how does that work? Uh, you threads post? Has, I I did post, and then nobody continued to use Threads. People thought X was gonna die, and it just didn't because it's a cesspool. So it'll still eventually die. I mean, like, yeah. So, but I did post to Threads. Yeah. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitch uh, at twitch.tv slash tugpod. We also ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Five-star reviews for us. One-star review for every other podcast. Because that is going to be so loud, it's going to pick it up. So let's do a moment of silence where we just do that so I can edit it out. It's been doing this recently, and I don't know why. Just stop talking and let it do its thing. It's getting louder. You're still talking! Stop talking! It's getting louder! You're telling me to stop talking, but you continue to talk! I'm only talking to tell you to stop talking. You don't need to do that after you say stop talking! You know I have to have the last word. Yes, I do. So don't... I will. Say anything. Always. Don't put your finger (laughs) in my mouth. I just put it up to your mouth. Uh, But anyway, go ahead. That's it. Wait. Was she saying something else? No. Who was just... You were oh, talking! Oh my god! <laughs> Classic pet. <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs>